Welcome to the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health. We will also reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and others who have been through extreme adversity. Welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Perfect podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Marsden, and I'm beyond thrilled to bring you another incredible episode. Each week, I'm bringing you the most exceptional and renowned faces from around the world in the entertainment industry, on the sports field, corporate leaders, and inspirational thought leaders, all here to share their own truth and journeys. Hold on to your seats today, because in this episode, we have a guest that will literally leave you inspired and moved. None other than former All Blacks player Campbell Johnston joins us today. Campbell is not just a rugby legend, but also the first openly gay All Black. His journey both on and off the field has been nothing short of extraordinary. Campbell's story takes us from the rugby pitches of New Zealand to the professional rugby environment across Europe, through his experiences of becoming a beacon of hope and a role model for promoting inclusion, courage and resilience in the world of sports and beyond. Get ready to hear Campbell's incredible journey, his challenges, triumphs, and the lessons he's learned along the way. This episode is all about breaking barriers, embracing diversity, and finding the courage to be your authentic self. Well, first and foremost, welcome to the show, Campbell. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Over in New Zealand, two hours ahead of us. So uh, <laughs> amazing. I used to live there. I used to live in Christchurch. And the, and the funny thing is, All Blacks, former All Black player, I wasn't a rugby fan until I came to New Zealand. It was football, being from the UK, came yeah. to New Zealand. All Blacks rule New Zealand, pretty much. Everywhere you turn, it's All Black City. You're highly acclaimed across sport. But now you're a beacon of hope for speaking out on a lot of, of, of topics. Can you take us back to the beginning where it all started, where the passion for rugby came into play? Uh, yeah, I guess the passion for rugby came when I was you know, a young kid like most New Zealand kids growing up, you um, you sort of born, I guess, into the rugby environment because it's so you know rugby's like a religion in the country, and um, I guess you that that's where your first taste is. And I was fortunate enough to have you know a couple of older brothers <clears throat> and that who were playing rugby at the time. So um, as a kid, I grew up playing you know scrag in the backyard with them, you know. So it was um, yeah, that was really my main introduction to it, and then. Um, I annoyed my parents so much when I was about, must have been four or five years old, to uh, let me play in my second oldest brother's team on the on the weekend, and 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 they they did after I'd annoyed them so much, so they just pushed me out there, and it was a game on a Saturday in a small town called Waipukarau and uh, Hooks Bay about 8 o'clock in the morning and uh, it was a frosty morning and we play in bare, we played in bare feet so um, yeah so I remember my first game quite vividly because I remember it being bitterly cold but also just remember the joy of playing the game and, and that was when I was um, I was hooked. <laughs> so one question I like to ask people because we know with the highlights of social media and everything Everybody sees Campbell Johnston. They see this incredible career that you've had and everything. How long did it take you to become this overnight success that we see on social media? Because it really pertains to people struggling mentally these days, thinking that everybody's life is better than theirs. So from the start of that career when you was a youngster, what is the process to become professional, known, to be given a chance and, and the mental struggles that you have to go through? Yeah, um, I think... 
I the only way I could really sum it up and and to, for people to realise is that you know there's always the I think it was a picture of a, an iceberg. You see, everyone only sees the tip of the iceberg out of the water, but underneath there's all this this other stuff that's happened, you know, before they've actually, so, uh, so to put that in context, so that other stuff underneath is everything that, that the person's gone through or you know, hasn't achieved, hasn't done well, you know, to get to that peak. And there's so much under there. I mean, there's so many times that you, you know, and for me example, in, in rugby, so many times that I've missed out on teams and then had to go back to the drawing board and start again and and refocus and, and, and just stay positive, I guess. And and I think the one key thing that that never I guess died in me was the desire and the determination to be to, to to and want to be an All Black. I guess that never died, no matter how many times I got knocked back, or no matter how many times I didn't get selected um, or make make a team or didn't get to start. You know it, it, that that desire still burnt inside, which is which is the main I think the main driving force. Mm-hmm. But how much, with, obviously with the game, you athletes, like you've got so much mental resilience and passion for the game. How much pressure do you put on yourself as well, though? Yeah, I think um, I think you do. You put massive amounts of pressure on yourself. I mean, and in a funny way, you, you wouldn't want it any other way because it, it's the one thing that drives you and that, that I don't know, that, that's, that, that seeking perfection, for a better term is the one thing that drives you and makes you want to do better and makes you want to be better. And, you know, you see, you know, in sport, you see someone else doing something. You think, well, I want to do that as well. I want to be like that. So it, it drives you. And um, yeah, the, 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 the determination and, and the pressure that you put on yourself is, is probably for, for me was I put a lot on myself. My parents never put, you know, that sort of pressure on me. I mean, they just, were happy that I was happy playing the sport, but probably at times they thought, "Gee, is he actually that happy?" Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. all the pressure and stress you put on yourself. But um, yeah. But I think as a sports person, it's what you it's what you love. Uh, you like the pressure. I mean, it, it's it's it makes you it drives you. Yeah, but but with that being said, then as your story progresses, which we'll get onto a little while, I just want to ask you with sharing parts of you that haven't been open in the past, what has been imperfectly perfect mean to you? With both sides, during when I was playing, I I had the I I buried away the idea of my sexuality because it didn't match my perfect world of what the perfect scenario, my perfect goal would be. And I guess I use that as well in a somewhat bizarre sense as a driving force as well. So I, and, and you know, it may sound completely idiotic, but, but for me in my own head, it was logically working and driving a driving force for me. For example, I'd use my, because I'd use my sexuality as the, as an excuse of why I didn't play well or why I didn't um, um, get selected. And in turn, I would, so I would blame that on my sexuality. Say, oh, it's because you're, you know, because you're gay, you didn't fit the right model. That That's why you didn't play well. And it's because you, you, that's why you didn't get selected. And in turn, that would actually drive me to, 
be, you know, to train harder. I'd, I'd, I'd have the idea that oh, I have to train twice as much because I'm not that perfect scenario of what the perfect all black should be. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so there's a, there's a little bit of a twist there. Um, and then I guess I also <clears throat> had an interesting scenario happening in the whole, um, thing is that, I got so much enjoyment and success out of rugby that as the enjoyment grew, it would also grow with anxiety because of the stress of the other side of it, if that makes sense, the sexuality. So in turn, I was trying to beat out the sexuality with enjoyment, thinking that all this enjoyment, success in rugby would actually you know, um, take over and I wouldn't have to worry about the other side. But when I look back to it, it actually was all just growing in the same amount. So the more success I had, the more the anxiety would grow because the more, you know, the chance someone would find or, or find out or the chance that I would, um, I would, uh, you know, derail my whole goal because of, I didn't fit the ideal sense of the, um, you know, of the person. Wow. It, it just really opens, like, I love going past, like, superficial conversations to go deep because I think that's where it helps people. And one thing I'm just like, I really want to ask you, if you don't mind, is when did you, and I know from reading about you and researching you, your family knew, your teammates knew, you were very open in that respect. When did you, as a personal point of of, of kind of traction, feel comfortable with yourself in, not just stepping forward and letting the world know, but with yourself to go, my success is not linked to my sexuality? Because there's a lot of people obviously thinking when it comes to faith, when it comes to everything, thinking... I can't be gay, I can't be LGBT because it's against my faith, it's against what masculinity looks like. When did you feel comfortable and just go, I can't suppress it, it is who I am, and that's what I'm going to lead by? Yeah, yeah. so I I think that would have been probably around in my mid-20s when I started, um, you know, when I I sort of came to grips with it and I had the realisation that, you know, your sexuality, your religion, your uh, race doesn't determine the outcome of your goals. It's your sheer determination and your desire and, and, and the amount of effort you put in that will determine or will not determine the outcome of the goal. And it was around, <clears throat> yeah, around the mid 20s that that it all sort of came to me and dawned on me and then I that was when I made the the decision that I had to you know to to really kick on and be more positive in my own thinking I had to find a way and and to relieve a bit of the anxiety and and that that way for me was um you know telling someone and it was telling my parents first and 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 then some a few other people so I gradually relieved that whole um anxiety and and the the build up of what somewhat pressure but um yeah it was it was mid 20s and and i think i i i think i read a, a, a bizarrely enough i read in the dictionary what an athlete you know athlete meaning was and in the dictionary it says i think an athlete is someone who is is um performs sports or or um or is proficient in sports sporting field or sporting uh endeavors or something like that. And I remember thinking myself, nowhere in that definition is is the mention of sexuality, race, religion, or anything like that. The athlete is just clearly defined as someone who who pursues the sport. So that was a 
kind of a defining moment in my life really was yeah, opening up a dictionary and just seeing that meaning and going, oh, well, okay, yeah, okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. And then, you know, everything else sort of ticked over and then I sort of realised that I needed to change things from being a, a, a negative motivational sense into more of a positive motivational sense. And, and that was and that was actually really easy to do because I had the the drive, the determination there. I just needed to change the wording structure in my own sort of head to drive me instead of saying, you know, um, um, uh, you, you weren't making the team because you know you you you're, you're gay or you you know because you're um, yeah or that. I had to change it to say you weren't. You know, you didn't make that team because you let yourself down or not let yourself down. You didn't make that team because, you know, you've got to work, work on a few other aspects of your game. One, you might be scrumming or you're tackling and things like that. So it was just more constructive comments back to myself uh, rather than using a, a more of a negative, destructive comment that was meant to drive but it never does it works for a while i guess but then it just runs flat <laughs> when it comes to people out there listening to your story and you being the first openly gay all black as an athlete not only are you having that pressure on yourself to then feeling like you may have to say something public because you're this big prolific public figure and then you do what was the response like yeah. <clears throat> hey, the, the response was, I, I think there's only one word to say. It was just humbling. Um, it was really humbling. Like the, the, the messages that of support and, and just, you know, support and love from everybody was incredible. And then there was also messages from the, you know, from people that really put, you know, sat down and really wrote a message about their life story and what they had been through was so touching. Like some people out there had, had given away the the sport they loved because they didn't fit the ideal mould. And then in that message, they would say that they're actually going to take that sport back up, either playing or as or as a spectator, which is, you know, really cool to hear that they're actually going back out there and it, it re-sparked that fire and that, that love and passion for a, a sport because sports such a cool thing and um i think we all agree you know it's, it's really good for your mental health um so they, they were pretty special and then you know and there was a little bit of a sadness there to hear that there's so many people had actually given away that sport because they didn't fit the um ideal mold which is um you know sad in, in the sense that, that they had to do that or they didn't feel they they fitted that that ideal mold so yeah what was the biggest thing when it comes to you wanting to step forward and is there a sense of, and I'm trying to get to the point of, because there's a lot of people who come to their campaign and they're struggling, obviously, with sexuality as well. And then when it comes to all the external factors and they're in fear of judgment, is it a narrative that you have to change in your head and get clear with who you are and not suppress things anymore to move forward? And what advice would you give in becoming comfortable with yourself and finding out as soon as you are your imperfect self, you're going to find your people? Because I think that judgment piece, a lot of people are scared of. Yeah, yeah, you, you did right there. And um <clears throat> I I was asked that question uh, last week at uh, at the um Rainbow Awards, the the very question about um what would I, you know, what would I tell a younger younger self? And and I, I would tell myself, you know, it's um to try and come to grips with it sooner rather than later, because the sooner you can you can you can 
confront it and the sooner you can come to grips with it in your own head, the the more comfortable you will be and 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 more relaxed and, and less anxiety and, and then you know things flow well there from there on. Um and one other thing that I would I would try and tell myself is that you know how we, we always think that everybody's looking at you, everybody's got their eyes on you wherever you go, when the reality is, and, and this was made clear to me in a picture many years ago, when the reality is, is that everybody else is looking at themselves and thinking yeah. the same thing and actually nobody's looking at you and just have that piece that, that you can be your authentic self um, and, 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 and people generally are welcoming to that. Yeah. And what within that vicinity where you said there's a lot of people who have been inspired by you to get back into their sports, you were very open with your teammates and they were accepting. How do you kind of change that narrative in your head as well for people going through, you know, the whole man open masculinity and this is why they don't. And then obviously you're in a male dominated sports that's like, rugby like how did you even approach that with your teammates if people are leaving the profession because they daren't um yeah well when I was at the time when I was playing I didn't really know that people were leaving the profession for that and um and that's a another you know side talk but within the team that I had I was very lucky that uh, you know, I kind of knew that everyone was really understanding. And, and I think one thing that really rings out to me is that when I told a, one of my teammates, the, the, the question back was like, mm, so, you know, what's, what's going to change with you? Are we still, are you still going to be on the, on the bus with us to win the games and that? And, be, and I was, my answer was yes. And then it was, was like, well, yeah. So what's yeah. the problem? Let's just get on with it. And I think also, I think we've got to, you know, make a, a real distinction between on the field and off the field. And I do a little bit of talking around um, with New Zealand rugby around the um, rugby teams around the country. And one of the big things that, you know, we say to them is that it's not about taking away the uh, the aggression and the competition on the field and everything that we love about the sport. I mean, the competition and aggression is, is the why, is the reason we play the sport and the, is the reason why we're attracted to that sport because it is something that, you know, resonates in you and you like that side of the game. What we're, we're you know, we never, ever, ever want to take away from that. But what we're saying is that a little bit of off the field and a little bit of understanding and just awareness of your mate. I mean, it might not be my story of sexuality, but it might not be a story of sexuality that your mate's going through. It might be something he's going through like a bad breakup with his girlfriend or something like that. But that stuff does stress people out and they, they get bogged down, down in it. And I, and, you know, and we stress that it's a, it's a, it's a course of awareness and just being open and just being able to have that frank conversation with your mate or even just asking your question, your mate, you know, how things tracking, how, how you're going. And then also on the flip side, if you've, been asked that question and 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 you respond with the you know the standard uh it's all good when it's not then you know you've got to be a you've also got to be honest and 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 i guess um strong enough to actually give a give a real answer if you are struggling and your mates come to you and he is a genuine mate and he's come to you because he cares about you and respects you then you know probably 
let them into it, let them into some of the stuff and that and, and have a chat because nine times out of 10, a good chat can really solve a lot of things. Yeah. And I think that coming from a lot more men as well, like you're saying, the, especially in a masculine dominated athlete, that was one of my things for IPC. I said, imagine a school teacher, a, a PE teacher, we call them in, in the UK, just going in with a TV screen to the young kids before they go out on the pitch and they have you or somebody just giving them a word of encouragement just to speak out if they're struggling. Because we know with schools, it's like there's so much going on there. But I love the fact that you said that about your teammate where he said, oh, you're going to catch a different bus or you're going to do that. I love the fact that obviously now you're seen as this beacon of hope, but yet your teammates and everyone else still see you as one of the guys. You're just, you're rugby. You don't want to be defined as, oh, I've now come out, I'm all blacks, I'm the first one to come out, but I'm so much more than that as well. Like that's what the idea yeah, is yeah. about. It's about getting to know the person behind the profession and everything. And when someone kind of substitutes someone for that person did this, it's amazing, but it's not all what you are. So now you've stepped forward yeah. and you're speaking a lot more. What is your hope in terms of what you're doing these days and, and what you're wanting to spread with your advocacy and what else are you working on? Um, yeah, so we're doing a bit of speaking around the around New Zealand and that. Um, just talking about um, well, really my journey and my story and 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 more of um along you know the goals and motivation and 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 putting a, a, a kind of a, a mental awareness around it that that it is about you know being able to talk to each other and 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 being upfront with each other doesn't it, and it doesn't show weaknesses it actually it's actually can strengthen and um that was a big message we put through to the um provincial teams around New Zealand is that if you've got if you can if you can have that those frank and honest conversations with each other and and be be caring and be supporting with each other off the field then you're actually helping each other on the field because you're taking so much of the stress away from everybody and each other that when you come to training that and that you can just focus on training and when you come to the games you can just focus on the games you don't have all that peripheral stuff and uh, you know bogging you down because you've had time to talk and and you've you've taken the moment to understand what your teammates are going through so in reality it's actually will make you you know in a team sport will make you like you know so much stronger as a unit yeah um and yeah and we're just doing and some other corporate speaking around the country and that and yeah a few podcasts here and there and that but um you know really enjoying it actually it's good and one question that i do ask everybody so i know that you've explained a lot throughout this whole process this whole podcast but what ultimately piece of advice would you give for somebody who's listening to this who may be battling their sexuality who may be the life and soul of the party or up front you you know what i'm trying to say somebody who's just cut through the bs cut through the noise and you're speaking directly to that one person just what what advice would you give them um the advice I'd give them is is probably if they're if they were a sports person an athlete I'd say just go have a quick look in the dictionary and have a look at the <laughs> meaning of athlete um and then I would tell them look um there's no there's no rule there's no law about you know coming out or or when you should or even if you have to but you know you'll know when the timing's right and you'll know when it's good for you and that's all that really matters and if you just tell one person and and that's 
the only person you tell and and if that relieves enough stress and anxiety and, and everything for you then that's wonderful if you want to tell a whole lot of other people then go for it but always remember it's your decision it's your choice and when when it's time when the time is right you'll know and 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 it'll be fine has it moved along a lot better the industry or the the profession should i say yeah no the profession's moved along massively and i i would like to add that the NZR, New Zealand Rugby, was one of the most respectful and just caring organisations uh, you know, that I've ever ever been involved with, and I was just so lucky. I mean, they could have outed me at any time they wanted. There was so much pressure over so many years for the, you know, for, with media and with reporters coming saying, you know, a bit of a witch hunt on who is the who's the first gay All Black. We know who it is. We know who he is. And and they at no time outed me because out of respect for me and they knew that that I didn't want that and they they knew that I was a very private person. So um so the NZR and 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 Crusaders in Canterbury and that whole organization was one of the most respectful organizations one could ever um want to be associated with. And and when the time was right. They um they um supported me and 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 everything. So um I I was very very lucky with how that all played out. So um um there was always a bit of a joke, you know. It was like the um the 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 worst kept secret, but the best kept secret. <laughs> yeah, it was the worst kept secret amongst rugby, but actually it was the best kept secret. Um, so yeah, so that, that and but in saying that, the um <clears throat> to add a little bit more to it, the um. I noticed when going back to the um, the clubs, back to the Crusaders and the the Chiefs and the Super Rugby clubs, and talking there, you know, the whole language around that players use there now has changed, and is so much that they have so much more awareness of words and and the meanings of them, and the language is is just miles ahead from when I was playing and that, you know, like our language was just, oh, it was rotten. Um, <laughs> but it was, you know, it was, but it was all good fun and all that, but they just have so much more understanding and, and, and they just have so much, yeah, just a lot more understanding of words and their meanings and that. And the language is so much more, more clean, uh, I guess, cleaner, I guess, and, and, yeah. and understanding and that they have, they have a good, good awareness. So it's, it's really pleasing to see, see that. And, and then, you know, when I um made the announcement in the uh in the uh to the news and that, then there was a few um all blacks that came out and, and were happy to, you know, chuck their hand up and throw support behind and everything like that, which is you know, that's current all blacks that were playing at the time now. So that was, you know, wonderful support. So um I think I think it's 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 moved it's moved massively ahead and, and the NZR is, is really welcoming to um the rainbow community and 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 saying that um it's a two-way road and, and the rainbow community needs to um if they feel if you know there are members there that want to go play rugby there are opportunities to go play and 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 just get off the couch and walk down to a club and have a go yeah i think you know what i think this world it would be so much better with a removing judgment of everything it's just there's way too much judgment on certain cultures really everything and i'm just like this is what I love about IPC, getting to know someone's journey and their story. You remove the judgment because a lot of people couldn't do what so many people do. And when they realize that, they go, oh, I'll clap the loudest because they deserve all the success and the backing because of what they've gone through. I don't think I could do that. 
So I want to thank you for your story, your advocacy, um, and you're making a huge difference. I know when we put this out, like the amount of people, the messages that we get regarding from public figures speaking out, such as yourself, where can people find out more about you and obviously contact your team with speaking and all the rest of it? Yeah, um, so they can contact uh, Dan at We Are Tenzing. Um, he's an agent that I use or um, on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is gambeljohnstone.nz. I knew there was a dot somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we put all the links up, but I'll make sure I edit so it goes in right. Well, yeah. yeah as I say, um, I just want to thank you for your time, Campbell. Um, and guys, for those who are listening, I'm going to put all the links up to where you can find more about Campbell and his story. But until next time, keep having the hard conversations because it's the hard conversations that save lives. To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.